I do want to ask you to be in prayer here in a couple of weeks, uh, May 22nd, I believe, 22nd or 23rd, whatever that Sunday is. We're going to have a speaker coming. I'm going to be preaching that morning, but we're going to have a my um, my translator slash Ecuadorian missionary slash my connection that I have that I've known for many, many, many years is going to be here with us that morning. She's going to be with us. I don't know what we're going to look like up here. I don't know if we're going to be in two couches or two bar stools or we're going to be on one big couch or what it's going to be, but we're going to, we're going to be talking, we're going to have a conversation, and this will be a this will be an opportunity for you to not just hear what we do, but also we're going to have lunch that day. And afterwards, you don't have to bring nothing. It'll be, it's going to be simple. They're going to be cooking Boston butts, I think. They're going to be cooking pork, and we're just going to have pork sandwiches, chips, drinks, things like that afterwards. So whoever's interested in wanting to know more, just because you come to a free meal on Sunday doesn't mean you have to go on, go buy a passport and go to Ecuador. But if the Holy Spirit's telling you to go buy a passport and go to Ecuador, you best be buying a passport now. Because if, the Bob, if God's telling you to do something, you, then you've got to do what God tells you to do. It's very simple. And here's the thing. I'm looking out over a room, and I don't see anybody. Honestly, we've had 80-something-year-olds go. I don't see anybody too old. I don't see anybody too uh, physically incapable everybody in this room for the most part could go but you got to be sensitive to the leading of the holy spirit and i've seen i've seen god take people who i love i always say this i love the never people you ever been a never person oh i'll never do that who in here raise your hand if you've ever said i'll never do that raise your hand most rest of you are lying because most of you have already said the preacher tells me to raise my hand again. I am never raising my hand again. <laughs> so for all of you in the room, you're a never person. We've all said it once in a while. Oh, God can use you. And how much does He want of us? He wants every bit of us. He don't want us to leave anything behind. He don't want us. He don't want just your Wednesday night leftover. You've worked all day. You've ran hard today, and you're coming in here. He wants every bit of you. And for those of you that that light bulb is slowly coming on and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to twist it on bright in your life and you're seeing that, hey, it's not rocket science what we're supposed to be doing. It's not some radical, new, flashy agenda that this pastor is going to bring. No, it's just simply doing what the Word has been teaching us the whole time. Do what the Bible says do. Can you imagine what God can do with a body of believers who's walking in a manner worthy of the name of Jesus? Can you imagine what God can do with people who are actually being who God saved them to be. Not being what the culture and the world and society has conditioned us to be. Come in here, dance around with Him, put up with me for a little while, clock out and go home to the next appointed time. That's what the world has conditioned us to do. And guess what? We can all check the box and say, we were here on Wednesday night. We were there on Sunday morning. But what matters is the transformation. When we start taking this word and we let it be applied in our lives and lived out, we let, we let the word of God dictate what we say and how we say it before we fire off at the mouth like we are all capable. And if we're not careful, accustomed to doing 
We need to realize and we need to be careful that, hey, that person, we don't know, are we, are we pushing them away from God or are we drawing them to God? Is where I'm going, pushing people away from God or pulling them to God? My life, is it, is it bringing people to Christ or is it pointing people away from Christ? And it's either doing one or the other. There's no middle ground. It's either for the kingdom or against the kingdom. It's either done for God's glory. We've got this, we've got this idea that, well, this is just neutral. Us as Christians, we say, well, this isn't really a God thing right here. This is just, I'm just living right now. I'm just kind of doing my thing. And, and we've compartmentalized church and we've compartmentalized our relationship with the Lord to such that we don't even know what it is. But when we let it transform us, when we, God, I have arms wide open. I, I don't have nothing to hold back. I don't have nothing to keep from you. I give you me. I give you my family and I give you my home. I got, as a very young age, a very big picture of God. I, I got a big picture. You're looking at Isaiah. I want you to read something. We're going to read something together as we... As we're getting all this is introduction, but I want you to read something with me. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. Guys, when we see the bigness of this God we serve, and this God that we're given the opportunity to be his son or his daughter, when we, when we get to see the Yahweh of, of the Bible, the God of this universe, when we see him, Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 12, and let's read it together. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and, and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord or, or, or as his counselor has informed him? With whom did he consult? And who gave him understanding? And who taught him in the path of justice? And taught him knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? Behold, listen church. The God you serve. The God we get the privilege of being his child. Look at here. Behold, the nations are like a drop from the bucket. And are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Talking about worthy of worship, even Lebanon is not enough to burn. And it's beast enough for burnt offerings. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom then will you liken God? Or, or what likeness will you compare with him? As for the idol, a craftsman cast it. Think about it. Think about it. They, they, they get it and they, they, they take a piece of wood. It talks about here. They take a piece of wood and they, they carve out of a wood uh, an image of something. And they say, behold, here's your God. There's no way you can encapsulate the magnitude and the mystery and the power of God in a graven image. There is absolutely no way. To whom then, verse 18, to whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with him? As for the idol, a, 
A craftsman cast it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, and a silversmith fashions chains of silver. He who is too impoverished for such an object selects a tree that does not rot. He seeks out for himself a skillful craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits upon the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them and they wither. And the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. Listen to this. This as a young boy, as a little kid, as a kid. I'm going to come back to this. But remember this. To whom will you liken me that I will be his equal, says the Lord. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. Because of their greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might he increases power though young grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly yet those who wait on the lord will gain new strength they will mount up with eagles wings they will run and not get tired they will walk and not become weary father god in heaven you are that god that the isaiah speaks of you are holy and worthy and you are high and you are lifted up you are you are above all things you are before all things and all things were made for you and through you and to you to you be the glory and honor and praise we give you praise god with our lips You spoke it into existence, God. You told the oceans to go this far and no further. You created the mountains. You you take care of the animals, God. The stars, you have not lost one star of the billions upon billions. Massive stars. God, you've not lost one. God, you hold them in the palm of your hand. You are powerful. You are majestic. You are holy. You are worthy. And God, we get to worship you, the God of this universe. We get to worship you, that same God that Isaiah praised. We get to worship you. We get to live for you. We get to walk daily before you. God, in your strength and in your power and in your majesty, we get to be in your presence even tonight as your sons and your daughters, God, as brothers and sisters get to come together and worship. We sing praises to your name, God. And we also, in our innermost being, God, we praise you for saving us and making us your own, God. We thank you for sending your son to die for me, for making me a 
a, a one of your very own, God, a son of yours. I praise you, God. I don't deserve it. I, I could not earn it, God, but I praise you for it. And I pray, God, that we never, ever lose sight of you, no matter what this world says, no matter what happens, no matter what's coming, no matter what is here. God, we know that you are bigger than all this. You are better than. You are more worthy than anything that this world has to offer, God. And we love you, and we praise you, and we lift up your name above all names. You do it for your name's sake, and we honor your great name. God, we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Guys, I can remember as a kid... Reading those verses, I can remember we used to do it often. We would go out and we would either lay on the grass or we'd lay on the hood of a truck or a car and we would stare up into space. You know those beautiful nights out in the country, there was no lights. And you could just see for, I don't know how many miles, but you could just see forever and ever and ever. It's like looking up there and you could see what turned into hundreds. Then it went to thousands and you could your focus would just grow blurry as you saw all those stars. And Daddy was like, he named every one of them, and he holds them in his hand, and he sees them, and he don't lose any of them. I, as a young kid, got a big picture of who God is. I, as a small child, I got a, I got a big glimpse of a big old God who, who is good, and who is, who is awesome, and who is powerful. And no matter what happens down here, he's not, he's not shaken, he's not moved, no matter what the news says. No matter what the newspaper back in the day or the news today, no matter what the headlines or the, or the flavor of the day is, God's not moved. God doesn't shake. God doesn't wake up and say, oh my, I can't believe this. No, God knows what's going on. He is aware of it. Guys, we know this. We know this. One of the things we're going to start talking about a whole lot around here, we're going to start talking about it, it's... it's, it's it's uh, a passion, it's family. You've heard me say since I've been here, we're a family on the hill. I view us as a family. We're a family. And guys, put, put that back up there. Put it up here, Ty. You know, we're also the plan. This past Sunday, we're the plan. But we're also the plan God has at home also. We are still the plan at home also. The plan that God has. You know how He wants to use us. He's not done with us to reach a lost and dying world. We are, we are the evangelists. We are the preachers. We are the preachers who are to go out and to preach and tell the good news. And they'll hear it and they'll believe it and they'll call on the name of the Lord. Guys, we're also, we're also the ones that's putting the big picture of God in our kids and in our grandkids. And you say, well, I don't have kids or grandkids in our neighbor's kids. And you say, hey, I don't have neighbor's kids. Well, here's the deal. You are to be the prayer warrior for me. Because I got four. And he's got two. And go around the room. I mean, she's got them. And all, they've got them. And they've got them. And we need you that don't have them. We need you to intercede for us and say, God, please help them be. Help them to be instruments at home. Help them to be instruments at home in their kids' lives. Because Satan is working over, over, over time to steal our children. Satan is working over time to steal our kids. And by the time they get 16, 17, 18, even 15, 14, some of them even 12 or 11, if you ain't started showing them the bigness of God just yet, you may be too late. Because they're seeing the bigness of a lot of other things that this world has to offer. 
Whose responsibility is that? For far too long we have in churches made a huge and terrible mistake and we gave into it and now we're trying to and, and they realize it. I mean, they've realized it for many, many, many years that that to divide, what does the devil like to do? He likes to divide and conquer, but that's not he likes to split the family up. He likes to split the home up. He likes to put groups in different places and that's not all. Yes, you can do some things in separate groups, but but there's a lot you need to do together. There's a lot you need to do together as the body. Go with me over to Deuteronomy 6. You have a role at home. And it's not my responsibility. It's not Rob's or Josh's or Casey or Brother Ken's. It's nobody's responsibility but yours. You know, we, we give ourselves to the Lord. We're the responsibility at home. Some of your grandparents, you don't have kids anymore, but you got them grandkids that roll through. And let me go on and tell you, don't, do not trust your sons or daughters to be doing it. Because them jack legs ain't. Listen, grandparents, if you can get a hold of your kids, your grandkids, you pour. Listen, fishing is one thing, but when you're in that boat, what they need to know more importantly than how to catch a silly fish or how to, how to shoot a gun is they need to know about God. They need to know they need a relationship with Christ and that the only relationship that will last them forever is the relationship with the Lord. Uh, we trust. We raise our kids. I don't have them. I'm not there yet. My oldest is 17. But some of you are trusting your kids to pour into them. And here's what we're doing. And I'm talking to grandparents right now. We're stepping back and we're saying our kids are doing it all. And we're just like, oh, aren't you great? No, they're not great. They're just not great. Because you're not dead yet. And until you're dead, then their kids have a, have a double blessing. They got mom and daddy at home pouring truth into them, and they got you pouring truth into them. They got everybody, they, when they walk into this church, they walk into this building, they got us pouring truth into them. It's all the time. Where did, where did we get, where did we take Deuteronomy 6? Look at Deuteronomy verse six, chapter 6, start at verse 4. Everybody starts in verse 4, the Shema. But let's read it so you'll get what we're supposed to be saying. Hear, O Lord, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Everybody look at me real quick. Is the world teaching our kids that? Are you sure? So you're, you're, are we, uh, does anybody want to argue, is the world teaching our kid to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Is he? Is the world doing that? No. I think we can all agree emphatically, that the world is not doing it, then where do they get it? Well, they get it at Chapel Hill because we got this new preacher named Bob. Have you ever noticed that I don't even get to talk to them much except on Sunday morning? I don't even get them on, Sunday, on Wednesday night when I think it's the best. I don't even get them in here. No, they're in there. So you say, well, it's Josh's role or Rob's role. No. Deuteronomy 6 says this. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. Brother Shannon shall teach them diligently, and Rob and Josh to your sons, and uh, Casey through this music ministry will uh, talk about them when he sits down, and uh, 
Rob when he's running around in some silly costume and talking about cereal when he when he walks by the way and he lies down and Josh and Casey and Brother Shannon when they rise up is that biblical? But now let me tell you something. Let me tell you something parents. If we're not careful if we're not careful the conversations that they get in their lives the spiritual conversations they get are from me or from the songs he leads us in from the messages Rob teaches and the messages Josh teach. Okay, let's take it even further. And the Sunday school teachers, you godly Sunday school teachers that are teaching them in those breakout sessions. And that's it. But what about what the Bible says? You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up he ain't done you shall bind them as a sign on your head and they shall be as frontals on your forehead you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate not the church's gate Guys, we're still the plan, not just to reach a lost and dying world, to be disciples. Discipleship is, hey, come follow me as I follow him. And I cannot tell you the number of people I ask the question, who are you discipling? And people are like, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. And even their mamas and daddies. Are you discipling your kids? Are you equipping the next generation? And the next generation is currently our generation. Those guys are are, are not leaders tomorrow. They're leaders today. They're our responsibility in the conversation. The conversation. What's the conversation we have? Did you do your schoolwork? Did you brush your teeth? Did you clean your room? Did you fold the clothes? Did you take the dog out? Did Did you read your Bible today? What was the message about Sunday? What do you think about brother, what Brother Shannon talked about? How was the service Sunday? You're going to start getting in the bulletin every Sunday. And what you do with it is up to you. But I'm going to do everything in my power. We're going to do everything in our power to try to help you. Help you. You say, well, I don't know how to talk to her. I don't know what to ask them. Well, good. We're going to give you some things. We're going to give you some stuff. Here's what you can do tonight. You can get whenever your youth comes home or whenever you're taking them home or whatever your kids are doing when you get home, your question should be, hey, what, what, was, to, what was church about today? What would you learn today? What were y'all talking about? What would y'all do in Ocean Floor? What was, what, what was Brother Rob's message about in Ocean Floor? And the youth, what were y'all talking about? Or, or hey, Brother Shannon, he, he was pretty rough. And he was talking about, well, what do you mean we're the plan? What was God telling you when this past Sunday Brother Shannon was sitting there talking about? Because here's the deal. Those kids want spiritual conversations. They want spiritual truth. They want somebody that's not going to butter it up and, and say, oh, well, you're good. Listen, there's some of our kids lost as all get out. Yeah, but preacher, they, they walked the aisle when they was eight and they were saved and now they're 12. And 
uh, or now they're 16, or now they're 21, and well, how are they doing? Well, they're just kind of straying a little bit, but they're going to come back. Well, how was their walk on early on? Well, it wasn't really a walk. Well, did you talk about it much? No, not really. How was your Bible memorization? No, there wasn't much. But what did they do? Well, they walked up front and they took Dr. J or Brother Ken or Casey or Robert Josh or somebody's hand and they quoted a prayer and we stood up and we put them in that water over there and they were good. Well, well do you see any life change? No, not really. Did their friends change? No, not really. They just been, you know, and here's what you'll get. Here's what you'll get. Oh, well, he's a strong-willed one. Whoo, whoo, he's a strong-willed one. She's a tough nut to crack. You're right. But the Holy Spirit in there does some amazing work. The Holy Spirit on the inside of a kid does some amazing work. A lot of kids leave church. Why Southern Baptist Church family? I'm, you're just, just like all the rest churches. Why do we raise them up and we send them to every church camp and we send them and we bring them and we run them through the ringer and we bring them and they get to a point and then they get that key. And they're gone. I know why. Because a youth pastor ain't no good. Ain't feeding my youngin. We need to get rid of them. We need a new youth pastor. You need a new preacher. You need a new discipleship trainer. You need a new kids person about every three or four years. Because he ain't feeding mine. Bible don't say he's supposed to feed yours. You're supposed to feed yours. That book, nowhere in that book, nowhere in that book does it say anybody else is supposed to feed your kids except us. I'm responsible for four, Harley, Hamilton, Adeline, and Avery. Are they perfect? Oh, my goodness. I'm in a tizzy tie. Ask me how in the world are you? I've said, I ain't good. Me and Harley fussed all the way here. 17-year-old nuts, what she is. <laughs> she is insane. But y'all think she's perfect. Some of y'all in here think she's an angel. She ain't. I, and that's my thing. I'm like, do you treat them the way you treat us? And guess what I get? But. And then you can only imagine. And some of you are like, I know what you get after that. But she's going. I ain't saying she's going through that stage. She knows Jesus. But she's. She's bumping a little bit. And at the end of the day, all me and her can do is train them up in the way they'll go. And she's nobody's, she's not any churches we've had's fault. She's not any Bible drill teacher or any children's church teacher or any youth teacher or any kids teacher. She's none of their faults. She's ours. And I know that, and I get that. God's got her. She's fine. She's, she's a lot like her daddy. But guys, where does the conversation start? I, I say a lot of times we go out them brown doors. You know the first group we meet when we walk out those brown doors many times is our family. 
That's when we, we get our kids. Many of you go down and wait on. I've never in my life been a part of this. Y'all go down there and wait. Y'all will do it tonight. Yeah, you know, Wednesday nights. Y'all go wait forever. Rob's not nearly as good on time as I am. But I'm going to go longer tonight because I'm going to give him time to land his plane. Because y'all wait forever, don't y'all? But you go in to get them. And you're going to put them in your car and you're going to head home on that 3, 5, 10, 25 minute drive. And you'll talk about, hey, did you get your schoolwork? Hey, did I sign that progress report? Hey, did, did you do X, Y, Z? You change cultures by changing words. You change, you change everything by changing words. Hey, what did Brother Rob talk about tonight? What, what was Josh's message tonight? And some of you, I get you. Some of you, here's the deal. Some of you don't have kids and don't have grandkids. You know what you need to do? You, Ken and Mary, need to ride home and say, what, the pre- what was the Holy Spirit telling you while the preacher was talking? And the last thing you need to ever mention is me or Casey when you say, what's the Holy Spirit saying? Because you don't need to be listening to me and Casey. You need to be listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you and be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit, not the convicting power of man. What was the message tonight? What is the message of tonight, church? What is the message of tonight? Listen, this... This guy, I mean, evangelism is, 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 go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Evangelism. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Discipleship. And I'm with you in the process. You're not alone. Everything Sunday, I've given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. To be my witness both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part. Where is your most immediate Jerusalem? We think about, oh, this preacher, he's sitting here, he wants us to go there, 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 there. No. Listen, there will, there will die quicker if we don't first reach here because we're getting older. And if we're not reaching here now, if, we're not reaching, if I'm not reaching my four who are going to replace me one of these days, Avery is. He's already said, God's called him to preach. The other three, no. But him, he's already said, God's called him to preach. crazy thing is, he's the caboose of the, the bunch. So he's going to watch. He's going to see all the ups and downs, the one or two goods and the whole bunch of bads that mom and daddy does along the way. So he'll have a lot to pull from in ministry. You're about to walk through those doors and some of you are going to go get your kids and some of you are going to go get your youth and some of you have grandkids that will call you tonight and say, Hey, Mama, or Peepaw, or Poo-Poo, or whatever they call you. You know what I'm talking about. That's some silly names. 
How was school? How's your day? Did you catch a fish? I got you something, blah, blah, blah. And nowhere do we mention eternal things. That's not good. We watch the news and we say, this world's messed up. Listen, there's a lot that I can't control. And there's a lot that I have no influence over. And there's a lot of places that, you know what, I can't stop Nancy or I can't stop Joe. And I couldn't stop Trump nor Biden, Obama, whatever. I couldn't stop any of them no more than I can stop the next one. But you know what I got a lot of control over? My house. I got a lot of say-so at home. Change the conversation, church. It's not rocket science. What was tonight about? Don't use closed-ended questions. You have fun? No. Did you learn anything? No. Did you like the music? No. No closed-in questions. They'll blow your mind. And you know the reason adults don't do it? And here at 704, I'm going to hit you in the gut. Because we're scared of what they'll say. They may ask us things and they may take us things. Well, you know, we was over, we was over in Jonah and, and we was talking about this. And you're sitting there thinking, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Was that in the Old Testament or New Testament? Jonah, that's a fish man, right? That's a whale. Okay, Jonah, I got it. What's your question, honey? <laughs> Where was he headed? Why was he going to... And you're thinking, where's he going? Why was he going there? Tarshish. He went to Tarshish because he didn't go. Why didn't he go? What was that, what was that N word? I can't pronounce Nineveh. And you're thinking, I'm going to have to say Nineveh, and I don't even know Nineveh. <laughs> Illiterate churches. I love you to death. I love you to death. I love you to death, but for far too long we've depended on us to do what the Bible clearly says you're supposed to do. I can't tell you the number of youth pastors that's been fired because that was his heart. His heart was his heart, and he was he was passionate, and he went to seminary, and he was passionate, and he felt called to young people, and he was broken for young people. But I can't tell you the number that I've counseled along the journey, and and they've come to me, and they're like, "Look, they tired of me. Why? Because." trying to get the parents to help me and they won't help me they want me to do it all and I couldn't reach their kids and I get them a couple hours a week and they got them the rest of the week and I couldn't do anything so I'm you know any churches looking for youth ministers it's our responsibility Father God in heaven help us to be good stewards of what's probably the most important responsibility we have, Lord. It's our kids. It's our grandkids. It's our home. We guard what comes in. We guard what's said. We guard the conversation. We guard all of it. Lord, if we're not careful, spiritual things will be the last thing that's talked about. On the car rides to school, the car rides to ball practices, Lord, the trips, the vacations, the the small runs to pick up something at a drive through Lord, we, 
We realize as our kids get older, those moments get fewer and fewer and fewer, and then we start grabbing at and just trying to figure out when can I, when can I just get a word in? When can I, when can I just get a few uninterrupted moments of conversation? When Lord, there's some of us in this room, we still got little ones. Don't, Lord, don't let us go to bed tonight. Don't let us waste tonight. Don't let us waste the heaviness and the bigness of even this. Lord, here in a couple of days, it may even be tonight, that sky may open up big and bright and black with them white dots all over the place. And Lord, pray that there may be even a daddy or two or mama or two that says, Hey guys, y'all come look at this. And go over to Isaiah 40 and say, Let me show you what your God's doing right now. God, don't let us miss you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Not not, y'all.